to start the show right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. For the people listening at home, we are recording this on the highest of holy days, 311. It's 311 in the Whistler. It's an, it's an important day. It represents uh, love. It represents unity. It represents being down. It represents being amber. It represents the, the 1997 album Transistor. It represents the album From Chaos. It represents an Omaha brewery. It represents a cruise. It represents an island that Nick Hexum once owned. 311 is so successful, Nick Hexum had enough money to buy an island with his wife. His wife's name? Nikki. Nikki and Nick Hexum owned an island. That is success, ladies and gentlemen. I have nothing but good things to say about 311. I've seen them twice. The first time I ever saw them was in 1997. And it was at the United Center. And it was part of a, a Q101 jamboree, but it wasn't called jamboree. It was winter something. And I, Twisted Christmas. That's what it was. A Twisted Christmas. Q101's Twisted Christmas, 1997. Um, Bjork was supposed to perform, I just remember this, Bjork was on the bill and she was advertised but she had to cancel. Anyone want to guess who they uh, replaced Bjork with in 1997? Chumbawamba. They replaced Bjork with Chumbawamba. <laughs> so I got to see Chumbawamba, an anarchist punk rock band that ended up being on a major label. So I saw Chumbawamba, and not Bjork, but I also saw 311. Great show. Not a big 311 fan, even though I've been talking about 311 consistently for the past four years. I just think they're a fun group. Uh, I don't want to talk that much more about 311 because they're, that's Eric Andre's thing. And the fact that 311 performed on Eric Andre's show, they are down with it. They get it. They're cool. They're cool guys. So I was thinking tonight, what is a music-related story? I have to have a music-related story. I have to have a commerce-related story. I worked in two different record stores for over a year of my life to put together. I worked in two different record stores. I worked at Coconuts in technically River Forest, Illinois, and uh, they had yellow shirts. I wore a bright yellow shirt. That's my only thing I remember about coconuts. That's it. And then I worked at this place called Crow's Nest. They decided to open up a record store in 2001. I don't know if you guys remember this. Uh, that's not the best time to open up a CD buying store <laughs> at a college campus. It was in the DePaul campus. They opened up a block-long record store. But, okay, so this is the fun. I completely forgot about this. I actually do have a story. Uh, I have other stuff prepared. Don't worry. Uh, I know you were very worried. <laughs> when people come to the show and they listen, they go, I'm full of worry. I've got to listen to see what happened. But no, I worked at Crow's Nest for about nine months. I think they were in operation for about 11 months. Anyways, for, I worked there for nine months, and uh, we had to take a test. We had to take a 200-question test to see who would qualify with enough musical knowledge to work at Crow's Nest Records. I was the youngest person on staff by like four years. I was 18 years old. Uh, but they didn't trust me because I was 18 years old and I got 196 out of 200 on a music quiz. Uh, so I didn't really, like, I worked, I clocked in, I clocked out, but I didn't have, like, a job description. I just, like, hung out in a store all day. Uh, fun fact, I bought one CD while I worked there. I had a, a discount, but I bought one CD because, remember, 2001, this is in a dorm uh, Napster was still kind of around. I didn't buy shit. But I bought one CD, and it came out, sadly, on September 11th, 2001. Anyone want to guess what that CD is? It's not 311. It's Tenacious D's self-titled release. <laughs> that's the only record I ever bought at Crow's Nest. They're not around anymore. Anyways, that's not really what I wanted to talk about. So I was like, okay, okay, 311, 311, 311. It's 311. It's March 11th. It's Sunday, March 11th, 2018. 311, 311, 311. What do I have for 311? Okay, where did I see 311? I saw it at the Fillmore Silver Spring. That means nothing to you over in Chicago, Illinois. 
I saw 311 at the United Center. Okay, United Center, United Center, United Center. What else have I seen at the United Center? I've only seen one other show at the United Center. I saw the Smashing Pumpkins' last arena show at the United Center. Now, that is clearly a lie, <laughs> because they've performed in arenas dozens, if not hundreds of times since then. But at the time, that was a ticket. That was a hot ticket. And you knew it was a hot ticket because I waited in line at the grocery store to buy my ticket to that show. Honestly, it was a great show. And while I was working at Crow's Nest, I would listen to the live bootleg of that show. What a joke. Okay. So I was thinking, United Center, 311, I got nothing. United Center, Smashing Pumpkins, I got a hell of a lot. Okay. Uh, like most everyone in this room, I am from Chicago, and I'm using the word Chicago very loosely, which means I also lived in the suburbs. That's what that really means. And I, I connect to Billy Corgan on levels that are completely unhealthy. The fact, the fact that they are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, is a travesty, and I... I will, thank you, thank you, person. I'm not going to say your name because you might regret that, and I don't know if you clap sincerely or with irony, even though I know who you are. I'm not going to say your name. Anyways, it's bullshit. No band has sold more records and had more of a cultural impact than the Smashing Pumpkins that is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They were on arguably the greatest guest episode of The Simpsons of all time. That alone should... The Hallapalooza episode is the greatest, uh, not st strictly like Simpsons episode ever. They're not in the Hall of Fame. There's really good reasons they're not in the Hall of Fame. People hate Billy Corgan. People hate Kanye West. Here's why. The exact same reasons they hate Billy Corgan. I realized this today, that Billy Corgan and Kanye West, the most important Chicago rock musician from the 90s and the most important current living musician of the 21st century are the same dude. Now, if I was smart, I would just make three points and write it up and try to get... Uh, a website to publish it. I'm not that smart. This I'm so dumb, I sent Rolling Stone a complete article and then they rewrote it a month later, point by point. That's how dumb I am. So I've decided to essentially mail myself the thing like people think that's how you trademark stuff, you just mail it to yourself and itself. That's not how things work, that's bullshit. Anyways, that's what I'm doing now on this podcast. I'm dating this on 311, the highest of holy days, 311, 2018. These are, the, these are 10 points that I've thought of in the last hour. I've put zero real thought or research into this except my fucking life, bro. Okay. <laughs> Let's start with the thing that no one in here wants me to talk about, and that's professional wrestling. Billy Corgan bought the NWA. Now, most everyone in this room has no idea what the NWA is. It's not the musical group. He bought the NWA. The NWA is, uh, was the most important uh, wrestling formation other than the World Wrestling Federation in like the 70s and 80s. Ric Flair, a guy who you might know, if you listen to any hip-hop song, you know who Ric Flair is. And if you've ever heard, woo, that's Ric Flair. Anyways, Ric Flair came up holding the NWA belt. It's an amazing belt. It currently means nothing. Billy Corgan is a mark, so he bought a company that doesn't actually represent anything. He's a fucking idiot, and I respect and love him, kind of. Caveats all over the place. So, Kanye West doesn't own a professional wrestling company, but... But, but, on The Life of Pablo, a highly underrated record, Kanye West says he's equal parts two things, and I completely agree. Steve Jobs mixed with Steve Austin. Motherfucker, he is stone cold Steve Austin. That's number one. That's the part I knew no one would like, and that's why I led with it. <laughs> number two, since. When Kanye West was tired of doing these amazing soul samples, what did he do? Since. 808s and heartbreaks. You, heartbreaks. You don't have Drake without that record. What did Billy Corgan do when he lost the most important musical member of his band, Jimmy Chamberlain? He went to synths. A door is built on synths. That's actually not a bad comparison whatsoever. 
moms. These men both love their moms. Arguably, arguably much too much. Here's what happened. Billy Corgan's mom dies. What does he do? He makes the best record in terms of songwriting, not in terms of production. Adore. It's an amazing record. He's got beautiful, beautiful songs about his mom dying and like how he's always sad. He's putting flowers at her graves. It's a gorgeous record. Kanye West, since his mother died, he has said he lost his mind in L.A. That's the same dude. But another quick caveat, they both had dads but didn't really like their dads, but then got back together with their dads after their moms died. Billy Corgan is Billy Corgan Jr. The original Billy Corgan was a jazz musician who would come to the Whistler every Sunday night for some jazz at 8 p.m. Anyways... He plays at that concert that I went to at the United Center, his dad. Kanye talks about his dad on The Life of Pablo, once again, a highly underrated record. So, they're the same dude in terms of moms. We're only 30% through with this monologue. <laughs> Here's an odd one that you might not know about. Cartoons. Yes. Billy Corgan and Kanye West exist in cartoon form. And I am not talking about the greatest episode of The Simpsons that not, is not Simpsons-based. Billy Corgan funded his own cartoon called Glass and the Machines of God. Now, it was never put into production because it was a horrible idea. Kanye West also has a cartoon video. It's, a, it's one of the best songs he's ever released. It's called Black Skinhead. But, 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 footage of the original Black Skinhead video leaked. And that's why you don't really know the video, right? Because it's a cartoon Kanye. And guess what? Cartoon Kanye has got the best six-pack of all time. Real-life Kanye is overweight like me, and I relate to that shit. In cartoon Corgan form... That motherfucker is thin. In real life, he is pudgy as fuck. I relate to that. You get to lie in cartoon form. They're the same person. Moving on. This one was a very sad one, and this is probably why I'm not 100% on Corgan's side. Both men have the president's ear, the sitting president, the Donald. And when I say the Donald, I'm referring, of course, to Donald J. Trump. And why I refer to him as the Donald is because in WWE storyline, he is referred to as the Donald. And why does that matter? Because it's at the goddamn Wrestling Hall of Fame. Both Kanye and Corgan are headed there, too, and I will always respect my Hall of Famers. Number one, so how does Billy Corgan have the presidents here? He appears on Alex Jones' Infowars. That's not a joke. This is a real thing. If you're listening at home, if you're in the, in the room, just, just put, in the, put in your phone, Billy Corgan, Alex Jones, and you'll hear your, some mind-blowingness. And uh, on that appearance, he's wearing a Chicago Bears jersey and a Chicago Bears hat because he's a fucking homer like I am. Number uh, two on that, Kanye literally met with Donald Trump in Trump Tower in New York City in December of 2016 during the transition. That's amazing. I don't know what happened. No one does. That's just a thing to remember. This is clearly the point where everyone's really sad about our reality. Let's go to God. 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 God is important. God is important. God is important. God is empty just like me. Billy Corgan is God. Kanye West has a song called I Am a God. In the song, he says, but there is another God, sort of like how God is empty just like me, isn't it? Isn't it sort of like God is empty just like me? Because they're the same person they are God. <laughs> Number three, fashion. Kanye West has arguably the most important and most influential fashion sneaker line of all time on Nike, so important that he revitalized the Adidas brand when he switched from Nike to Adidas. You motherfuckers all got a Hot Topic Zero shirt in the 90s. That's important. <laughs> Chicago, 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 the greatest city of all time. The greatest city of all time that I always say I'm from. The greatest city of all time that Billy Corgan claims he's from, that Kanye West claims he's from. Kanye West was born in Atlanta <laughs> and moved here when he was 10 
And Billy Corgan is from Elk Grove Village. How do I know that? I looked it up, number one. And number two, anybody that doesn't sound like shellac or naked ray gun isn't really from Chicago if they're playing guitar. <laughs> they're from the suburbs, and that's why they're successful. Now, I used to think that Corgan trumped uh, Kanye when it came to Chicago love because for that Adore Tour cycle, he wanted to play a free show in Chicago because he also recognizes that it's the greatest city in the world, and they wouldn't let him do it. Instead, they performed in Minneapolis. It was whatever. Fun fact about that show, I don't know why the fuck I remember this. That's why I got that job at Crow's Nest. Uh, somebody escaped from prison in Minneapolis, and they found him at that show. <laughs> uh, the reason why Kanye trumps Corgan on this is Kanye has three children. His most recent per person, I think it's a girl? I think it's a girl. Chicago West. Her name is Chicago West. That is an amazing name that I really regret he took because now I can't take it because that is the name I always want to name a kid. So, final point on this is blonde songstresses. Now, this is kind of important. And when I say kind of important, I mean it relates to nothing in your day-to-day -day life and it has no impact on you whatsoever. But to me, this is like, oh, this is so important. Is there Courtney Love without Billy Corgan? There's an argument that we don't know about Billy Corgan, or sorry, that we don't know about Courtney Love without Courtney Love. Now, I am not saying Courtney Love's music is inferior to the Smashing Pumpkins. I think she's an amazing musician, and I think she's a wonderful person. That's a lie. I think she's, a, she's an inspirational figure, and I want good things for her, and I really dig her music. But they were dating in 1991. That's when she met Cobain. She left Corgan to date Cobain in 91. Without those two together, you probably don't know Courtney. That's just one of the three songstresses that Billy Corgan, ugh, fuck, that's a weird thing to say. He always says lover. That's the most disgusting word in the English language is lover. I'm not going to say that. Okay. Number two, Jessica Simpson. Did you guys know that Billy Corgan uh, collaborated with Jessica Simpson both in the bedroom and in the studio? Because he did. He did that. He did that. He's still doing that. No, he's not. He's not doing that right now. Final point, I had to ask my co-host three times, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. Shouldn't give a fuck. I respect her. Tia Tequila. Tia Tequila is technically a blonde songstress. Now, you might know Tia Tequila as someone that you forgot about five years ago, but I will always know Tia Tequila as the person that performed at the Gathering of the Juggalos and did such a bad job, people threw literal shit at her. So that's a, that's a third songstress. Clearly, Kanye Taylor Swift. Blonde songstresses. Ladies and gentlemen, these are 10 points that prove Billy Corgan and Kanye West are the same person. No one has ever, no one has ever pulled this comparison because it's completely pointless and meaningless, but it means everything. Sort of like how God is empty, just like me. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a fun show tonight, and if you don't like those two artists, too fucking bad. We're going to lean the fuck into it, as Morella Leone is here, and she's wonderful, and she doesn't really care about either of them, but she don't think she's opposed to either of them either. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands for us, Morella Leone. You know, two, I wanted to make two points. Please. One, I'm amazed that a whiteboard didn't just roll out <laughs> with your whole theory. I was expecting the curtains back here to just open up uh, with, with like thread and the whole shebang. There's some yarn. yarn uh, yeah, yarn. Yarn is, yarn. yarn is on its way. Oh, both men also had children later in life, and both men, there's another point, both men had children much later than they wanted to, and both men sang about it on multiple songs. Billy Corgan's got kids? Billy Corgan had his oh, first kid a few, uh, no. few years ago. Billy Corgan's uh, thus far only, only, I don't know if it's a son or not, only child is on the cover of his most recent release. Now, you might not know Billy Corgan had a release because it's not called Billy Corgan. 
It's called William Corgan Jr. Fuck you, Billy Corgan. You're Billy Corgan. Your Twitter handle is at sign Billy. You're Billy Corgan. All right. Well, okay. So, <laughs> so two, yes. Crow's Nest yes. has been around much longer than 2001 because the only Crow's Nest that was around before the ones at DePaul were in essentially where I grew up in Joliet, Illinois. You know and who else is from Joliet, Illinois? Jimmy uh, Chamberlain. Jimmy Chamberlain. Go. Oh, God, the whole conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. These are facts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I also don't agree with anything Billy Corgan believes in or says. So just, just I want to make that perfectly clear. I think InfoWars is poison, if not a cancer. It's probably the same thing. But no, no, I just wonder, just because I watch InfoWars to giggles doesn't right. mean I'm like, you should make more of those InfoWars. Yeah. No, it's different. Yeah. Okay, continue. I apologize. No, so Crow's Nest, yeah, it, it was in Joliet, so it was before then. I uh, applied... Uh, not at the one in DePaul, but I applied the one in my town. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do remember that test. Thank you. And I poured over it. Or, well, I poured over the application. I remember the application was like, name 10 bands that you like. And I literally was going through all my CDs. And I'm like, oh, should I put Ben Folds 5? No. Or no, you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, well, I did. And I didn't get a job there. That's right. So I'm real mad about that right now. I remember <laughs> I remember the top five records I put down on there. I remember what number one was. And I think that's actually what got me the job. What was it? David Bowie's Low. Uh, so cool. Yep. That's why I wrote that down. Because <sighs> I knew that old white men that run record stores would like hearing that. Yeah, I'm not that an was, idiot. That was the place where you would be the coolest person on earth in Joliet. Yeah, 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 I understand. I understand. To work there. It now is no longer there. I think it's just a there's just a That's building. Right. That's right. It's so gone completely. I should have there there were three crows nests at one time. The one right. on the Paul campus though lasted for just one year. Yeah. Yeah. The the one the crows nest in Joliet got I don't know how long I'd been there. Cool. But I knew it as like the cool place. Yeah. Do you ever regret that? No, Good. no, because, well, I thought all record stores were cool places. I think this is a great I transition. I wanted to work at the Music Land, so. So you showed the them. Mall. Did you ever work at Music Land? No, Good. they did not take me. That's probably for the best. <laughs> uh, you know who did take you? Who's that? The Loop. <laughs> all right. That's not. I a, know, it was just a really I'm trying weird. to transition here. Uh, you used to work, you, Esmeralda, used to work at The Loop, yes. 97.9, yes. and as of yesterday... It's gone. It is no longer the loop. It is now K-Love Christian music. I don't even know if it's Christian rock. It's just is, Are there Smashing music. Pumpkins Christian rock? I don't know. Is Maybe. Kanye West hey. Christian hip-hop? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, okay. From so, what I've heard on that station, it's horrific. It's what, not even or the Yeah, K-Love. It's not even. It's all just, God loves you. Whatever. I don't and care. And then that's it. That's fine. Let them love God. No, okay. No, I'm fine with that, but at least give me a song that's good. Okay. okay. No, but I, you know what I mean in, in the musical sense. When like, is the last time you ever put on the loop and didn't know the song? Um. Oh, no. I think I knew it every time. Every single time. But you know what? Where is Rush going to get played now? The Drive. That's my question. The Drive, 97.1. not playing any Rush. No, they'll play Rush. They'll play Rush. It, literally, the next station down... On the dial, they're playing the exact same music. Who's going to play Crew? Come on. The Drive. Uh, no. The Drive's not playing the Crew. Also, they're better than that. all the hit stations that play like the hits of the ever will play Motley Crew. They're not going to play Motley Crew. Why are you dying on the cross of Motley Crew? Vince Neil, kill the man. Because the loop was their only home. It was the only Do place. Do they deserve a home? Vince Neil I killed mean... a man. Oh. All right. Well, what's the other one? Poison. 
Where are they going to go? They have no home now. The drive. It's they have no home in Chicago. Anyway, yes, I worked there. I didn't. I. I. I to be. To be clear, I, I was never a DJ there or anything. I, I was a producer on a morning show. Uh, who so. did you work for? For for Jonathan Brandmeier. How much did Jonathan Brandmeier get paid a year while you worked for him? Uh, the rumor was at least the first year a million. And how much did you make? I was an intern. Cool. <laughs> I got nothing. Okay. I actually at one point had to tell them, I was like, I need to stop being here because I can't live. <laughs> and then they finally gave me a part-time gig. So that Part-time. Okay. Same so hours, though. Uh, I'm, I'm torn about this because I really enjoy, I like my father-in-law. I like my father-in-law. I, I want good things for him. And he gave me a Disco Sucks pin. Right. And uh, at the time, I was like, oh, this is great. It's about the disco demolition. But then yeah. the older I get, the more I realize, like, oh, no, that's just gay panic materializing in an explosion at a ballpark. Maybe this is right. a, not a good station. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hey, here's a quick question. Uh, in your time, the four years you were there and yes. since, uh, did did any gay person work there? <laughs> one. Did, did one person that isn't straight work at the loop? Yes. Okay, did. cool. One, just you got one. I li the w at least one I knew. Okay, good. So that's I knew good. of, and that's he good. was out. Uh, that makes me happy. Actually, I don't even think he was out. Are you worried about the future of the Loop Girl? <laughs> no, actually, you know what? She's really, she's really I'm nice. I'm sure they're all very nice people. She's super I'm sure nice, they're all very and she nice had, people. she actually, when she first became the Loop Rock Girl, she had a proper job, and she was still working it for a while, and then they've somehow. What is the role of for the listener at home and the, even people in the room? What is the role of the Loop Girl? It's actually gotten much bigger. I'm sure it's progressive. Please explain. Well, no. So okay. So the Loop Rock Girl was essentially the the, the piece of ass that would flounder around, being like, "I'm I represent the Loop. I love rock and roll music." <laughs> <laughs> but they're just like the pretty girl that's supposed to stand around wearing a Loop shirt with her boobs hanging out. And there was also a calendar. There was calendars where they were wearing tiny little G-strings with just the loop on it, wherever it fit. Were, were, were any of the songs playing on the radio stations uh, younger than the person that was the loop girl? No. Cool. No, cool. because it's Chicago. It, they're, they're tagline with Chicago's classic rock. That, okay. I'm happy the loop is gone Although for they that did, reason. I think they did at some point play, like, because they were, they were trying to skew younger. What, they they, what was their young songs? They were playing. Um, oh, what was that? What was that super group? With ben Folds Five. <laughs> yes, Ben Folds Five, uh, with Chris Cornell and Audio Slave. Audio Slave. So okay. they would play stuff like that. They'd sprinkle it in amongst the rush. You got to play some and the Blue Oyster there. Cult. Um, okay, okay. So yeah, she's she is probably older than eighteen. Then is what you're no, saying. No, she's. Um, I would say she's probably. I hope that they're older than eighteen. She's really probably sure. older than us. Older than us? Yeah, she's probably in her thirties. Okay. Yeah, she wasn't that. No, she all was. All right. All right. I I take back everything I ever said about the Loop. I think they're a progressive, forward-thinking radio I station. I actually think <laughs> they were actually empowering women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you currently work at WGN Radio. Yes, complete opposite. Not really. Uh, really. <laughs> not really. Are you worried at all about Sinclair Broadcasting? Um. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for the people listening at home and even people in the room, and I know the Sinclair Broadcasting is a right-wing media conglomerate. They own a mm. lot of TV and radio stations. Mm -hmm. Not in Chicago yet. Their footprint is yeah, in not radio. yet. They're the kind of people. By the way, I have a show. I have two shows on WGN. Uh, they're their podcast network. So I'm totally fine burning bridges. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and the the idea that people are like 30 minutes in, like, is he talking shit about Sinclair? No one gives a fuck. You do whatever you want. They have stuff like Terrorism Watch. That's what, no, that's 
that's what that whole beginning was. You'd freak people out yeah. with your conspiracy theories, and then they just go, "No, I can't. I yeah, can't yeah. listen." They're, they're and not now listening. They're not we're listening. We're getting into Here's it. Here's the truth. Everybody. Now we're into it. But they, uh, there was an article this week saying on their television stations, uh, they have the anchors cold read, right? Um, fake op-ed pieces about how the media is full of lies. Yeah, and I don't, I don't. Uh, I'm confused by why everyone's all in a huff. If anybody watched that John Oliver thing, you would know that. But you're you, assuming... You would know that they do stuff like that. So I'm just like, yeah, and? But you're assuming that people care about that. Right. Do you think the majority of people know where their media comes from? Well, no. I mean, well, as it's going, you know, everyone likes to spout that something's fake news or just because they I don't I would like to make it clear. All the facts that like I spoke it. earlier could be proven. <laughs> I did my research on Kanye and Corgan. I would never blaspheme either of them. Uh, yeah, so we're in a really dark timeline here. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, your job sure. is on the line. Good luck. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I do traffic, so I'm kind of the skeleton. I'm in the skeleton crew of that station. Uh, when people do call in uh, and when people do say things that are maybe not so friendly about possibly uh, your race... Right. Do you ever get to chime in? Or? I've uh, the shows that I am on. I have gone off on people. Okay, cool. So <laughs> politely, but I've gone off on people. What do you usually say? I mean, it depends. It really depends on what it is. The the dude that I did go off on, he had claimed that he knew he knew Mexicans because he knew they were his neighbors. There was like twenty of them in an apartment, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't spend any money. And then I just yeah yeah. Yep, that's who listens. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I just went off on him. Cool. Just, uh, I just went off. All right, all right. So I'm, I'm glad that you're... <laughs> it's probably on podcast somewhere, probably. I will uh, I'll happily... put that on my demo. <laughs> yeah, you should. Uh, good luck in a dying form. It's not dying, actually. It's a weird thing. It's actually like the le- most healthy it's ever been, but Radio. the reasons why it's healthy are maybe not so great. Right. Well, we just have to hope that cars don't die out, because that's how people listen is in cars, so... Yeah. If we don't have cars anymore, I'm screwed. <laughs> why, why don't you have a car anymore? Uh, oh, because I, I ran over a raised manhole. There you go. Yeah, don't, don't drive over raised manholes, guys. Uh, this they woman, will fuck up your transmission. Our first guest of the night would never drive over a raised manhole because she is flexible. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good transition here, but there really isn't one. I'm really glad you're doing the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Shania Swanson, everybody. Shania! You're going to switch. There you go. Did you call me? Did you call me Shania? Oh, I did. I did. I apologize. Shana. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. What do you think about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Oh. You brought God. it up. Well, we were just talking about Christian radio and yeah, driving let's, in let's, the car. Let's and get like, in on it. I um. Well, I list, I just moved to Racine, Wisconsin, <laughs> which is weird, but uh. Why? Because I was tired of living in Chicago. But you still work in Chicago. I know, but I come back, so I listen to the radio a lot more than oh. I used to. And I was just listening to The Loop uh, two days ago, and they were like, so we're not going to be on the radio anymore because these Christians are taking over. And I was like, <laughs> are you wait, can I swear? No. I yeah, can't? Did you? Yeah, you okay, can swear. Okay, it's the internet. <laughs> I apologize. Are you if fucking I... kidding me? And, uh, and then I was like, it can't be true, it can't be true. It's not that I really like that radio station, it's just that I don't like... Christian radio? Do you like Christians? I mean, let's it get depends. into it. <laughs> so you if they're nice. I like I like people who are nice. Cool. And a lot of Christians are really nice. Like in a in a really intense way where you're like, "Oh, 
cool. Like, you can kind of get into it, and you just want to be, like, wrapped up in their mercy arms. Um, <laughs> you know, Kanye West has an amazing song called Mercy. Oh, really? Yeah, it's great. Well, it's funny. That's so funny that you say that, because maybe it was Kanye West that was on the radio, on the Christian radio station that's pre-programmed now on my dial. Hell yeah. <laughs> I have Christian radio pre-programmed in my car now. Well, you do live in Wisconsin. I well, think that's the law. the song was, a, it was like, wrap me in your mercy arms. And I was like, let's listen to the drive. <laughs> Speaking of mercy arms. <laughs> yeah. I got some. You do? Okay, so <laughs> what is your actual title? I don't know. I, like, go back and forth a lot. I'm really, ne I have a nebulous sort of, I'm the owner of a Loft Circus Arts. Okay. Which is a circus company. Yeah. 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 <laughs> ah, cool. Shit. To the person that said, oh, cool, number one, thank you. They're like, who is that girl? Number two, thank you for being patient enough to be like, I'll give this a shot. And then you're like, <laughs> I'll continue to listen. So I appreciate that. I'm not joking. That's completely sin sincere. So um, I only know about you because of my haha -ha friends, uh, specifically the Putterboss sisters. Your haha -ha friends. These are my haha -ha friends. Okay. That's what I refer to as comics. Okay, my haha -ha friends. <laughs> um, and and they worked with you, but they are not mm -hmm. circus performers. No, but they sort of are. No, they're not. I mean, if by they are finishing a thirty pack core. of Pabst and chain smoking <laughs> makes you a circus performer. Then yes, the Putterball sisters are it's circus performers. It's an amazing performers. skill that you have to train for. <laughs> that is not a joke. That is a very difficult thing to do. It's like you really got to put in that hours to be able to do that. I could probably do it in like three it's like hours. Like what they say about being an expert takes you ten thousand hours. Yes. Like they're an expert in fucking PBRs. <laughs> oh boy, boy, that's absolutely true. But uh, you you deal with flippy floppy people. Flippy floppy people, people flip and flop. So what made you a flippy floppy person? Try to make them flip more than flop. Um, I was born a flippy floppy person. I was a gymnast when I was a kid. It's not that interesting of a story. Thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I I was like a, I was a kid and my mom was and I was in gymnastics classes and. My mom was sort of a hippie, and she was like, someday we'll run away and join the circus, and you and your brother will be acrobats, and I'll sew all your costumes, and then it came true. <laughs> Much to her Is your horror? brother a circus? No. Okay. He's not. What it is only he? halfway came true. What is he? He's, he's a bartender. He's he works there. at the bar with my mom. Does he? Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's so cute. Did you work in a bar with your mother? For a Yeah. For a minute, I was a, I was her bar bat. Was this in Racine, Wisconsin? No, it was in Barrington, Illinois. What's the name of the bar? I don't think it's there anymore. Um, where, does the your, where does your mother and brother work now? They work at the Onion Pub in Barrington, Illinois. The Onion Pub. You think, is it called the Onion Pub because it's Chicago and Onions? Oh, maybe. Could be. Where's Barrington? Yeah. I should know that. Is it near You're Billy from Corgan? These, these places. Yeah, but I always lived off of a train line, so like I don't really know. Where did you zone. grow up? I grew up in uh, three places. Uh, Westchester, Illinois. Okay. And then uh, the south side by Midway. Okay. Which is Poland. And then Oak Park. <laughs> did you go? I, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. I stayed in somebody's basement. How, how old are you? I'm 35. How old are you? I'm 40. Did you go to you punk shows in the suburbs? Thanks. Uh, not really like punk at the shows. VF, like at the VFW hall and no, stuff? So I, kind of not really, but like in when the late 90s, I think Esmeralda could uh, attest to this too, uh, not so much punk, but kids that were uh, white and thought they were punk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not real. Like straight edge, like hardcore bands. Yeah. Like yeah, I did go to those, but I didn't enjoy them. I Pop went to punk. A, Pop punk. It's more pop punk. And I went to like ska shows and I didn't enjoy those. I love the Smoking Popes, but I was a little bit too young to actually. Nope. See, Screeching Weasel to me is like a real punk band. 
But okay. all right. I'm thinking no. of a, like Fall Out Boy, Penny and the Loafers, Ooh. shit like that. Say all the bands you probably saw don't exist, and those people are now grown men with no, children and minivans. No, 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 no. <laughs> Fall Out Boy. Fall yeah. Out, no, okay. Back to the monologue. Fall Out Boy and Chance the Rapper are the successful acts currently out of Chicago. Not the Smashing Pumpkins and Kanye West. It's not, that's not up for debate. That's just how sales work. It's not like, I'm like, I'm not rooting for anyone. I'm just saying Fall Out Boy is still culturally relevant, which is good for them. Good for them. I'm just impressed by them. I guess. Did you ever see 311? Let's talk about me again. Okay, let's talk about you. So, <laughs> is your mother proud of you? Yeah, she is now. Like, at first she was like, oh, fuck. And then uh, I came, like, so I moved to Portland, Oregon, of course. And... <laughs> Uh, I sort of found circus when I was there as like a thing that you can do for a job. The, I was going to school for sociology and the economy was like really terrible. And I was taking circus classes, uh, trapeze classes, like sort of recreationally out there. And then I was like, these classes are too easy. I was like the worst, like if I was me now, yes. I would be crucified by the circus community. But I was me then and there was no internet, so it was fine. So I was like, <clears throat> this this class is too easy. I'm gonna make my own trapeze and hang in a tree in my backyard. So I made a trapeze. I'm not joking. I went to Home Depot and I bought like a wooden dowel rod that you hang in your closet and some jump ropes and some duct tape. And I tied the jump ropes to the doll rod and then I duct taped it on and I hung it in a trapeze in my backyard. And I just like made everything up and miraculously lived to tell the tale about how it long, now. <laughs> how long after you hung it up did it f did you fall down? I never fell. I, I never fell because I'm really strong. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I was going to, to college and I couldn't find a job and the economy got really bad in Portland because everyone was moving there and I remember one day I like, went to like 25 places and applied for jobs and didn't get any phone calls. And then I was something, something I was just like, you know what, like, I'm gonna do this circus thing. So I went to all the like different clubs in town and I was like, hey, do you guys want a trapeze artist to perform here on like a Saturday night? And they were like, sure. How many circus clubs are there? There's not, but like any place like this that had like a 14 foot ceiling, I'd be like, I'll just put an eye bolt in your ceiling and I'll hang my trapeze off that. It was insane. I can't believe I'm still alive. I literally can't believe it. And you did, like they, they let you do it. Yeah, and they were like, they were like, here's $75. And I was like, I'm fucking rich. <laughs> Okay. And then I would just go and spend all that money on like costumes at the stripper store. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> it was like the closest thing that there was to circus. And now you can just go to Akira and get like a full on circus costume. Seriously? Yeah, you don't even know. No, I don't. That's why I'm asking you the question. You can be decked out head to toe in like a nude bodysuit covered in rhinestones for only like 50 bucks. Seems like you. a deal. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I have a normal shaped body. It's not like they need to custom order anything. I kind of want that to happen now. <laughs> I'll do it. I should have brought costumes for everyone. Nah, it's a waste of money. It's an audio podcast. Anyway, that's exactly that's so true. So true. But you need pictures for that podcast. Right. You no, need I don't. something to put on your website. <laughs> no, I don't. It can't just be your mouth moving like this. I'm doing I'm opening and closing you, my yeah, hand. You, you've clear you've clearly been to a website. That's just how they usually work. So um <laughs> okay, how the hell do you end up from Portland flipping in bars to Chicago, Chicago with a loft? As a circus mogul. Um, I went to circus school. So I finished 
college, I like was like, finish this shit. So I finished it and I graduated and then immediately, oh God, don't do this. Also, I can't believe I'm not in jail. The day after I graduated and my family came out and they like saw me graduate and everyone's like, yay, Shayna. Um, I went back to my school, which I won't say what school it was, but it was in Portland. So there's four. Um, was it an art school? No. Okay. And I went to the, I was a sociology major. They don't have that at I art apologize. school. I um, apologize. I went to the admissions office and I said, actually, you guys, I want you to cancel my graduation because I want to finish my Spanish minor. And they were like, okay. So they did whatever paperwork they have to do. And they um, deposited an entire another school year's worth of student loans into my bank account. And then I immediately dropped all my classes, took that money and gave it to circus school in England and went to circus school in England. <laughs> and that lasted about six months until they realized what I had done. And then they were like, get your ass back to the United States and pay us back. So I did. You did pay them back. Well, I still am paying them back. That's right. <laughs> so you didn't really get one over on the loan industry. They did their job well. Well, they're not, they're not designed. I mean, United States government student loans, which I don't know if that's something they even still have. Like, they weren't designed to send people to circus school in England. They were designed to send people to state school in the United States. Did you finish? Also, it was a state school. Did you finish circus school in England, or you had to come? No, to okay. I don't finish anything. That's not true. I finish everything. Um, You're all over the map on this finishing stuff. I know. I obviously didn't go to finishing school. Oh, that was a really good one. No, it wasn't. Come on. <laughs> um, what was I saying? I finishing don't know. school in England. No, I didn't finish because I got. Um, I I came back to Chicago. And for Christmas break, and I needed a place to train. So I emailed a local Chicago circus company, um, and I said, hey, can I train with you guys while I'm on break? And they said, sure, come on in. So I started training with them, and then on my last day, they were like, you should just stay in Chicago and work with us. So I went back to England for like three weeks, and then I came back to Chicago and just started working. And you've been doing it since. I've been, the rest is history. That's amazing. It's, you know. It's impressive. It's a job. Okay, most jobs don't involve flipping over. Well, I mean, maybe 30% of jobs nope, involve flipping nope, over. Nope, nope, Okay. <laughs> Bending over. Do you still enjoy circusing? Is That's that, a joke is about that getting the, screwed by your employer. Is that, the, is that a, is a circusing a verb? Is that Do amazing? I still enjoy circusing? Yes. <laughs> Great, people could sign up where? <laughs> how much, how well, much circusing do you do now? Not a lot. So I've been... I'm 40, and I've been pretty much, like, brutalizing my body in a very physical way since I was, like, six years old. Mm -hmm. um, and so about four years ago, I was like, you know, I wonder what it would be like to wake up and not be in pain. So I was like, I'm going to kind of lay off the circus a little bit. And then I had a baby, so now I still don't know what that's like. Um, and I, I, it's hard to get back in shape after you have a kid. So I still do circus here and there. I still I have this big giant metal wheel yes. that I like stand in and I spin around and roll around and do tricks. And that's easy. I can just like pick that up and do it anywhere. So I still do that. Um, but aerial work, like climbing up in the air and like rubbing my body against a rough rope over and over again, uh, I don't I don't feel like I need to do that anymore. Like I did it 
You clearly got all the joy you were ever going to get from <laughs> rubbing your body against, against a, a rough a rope. rope. Rope burns like I'm done. I had enough. So now I teach other people how to get rope sure. burns, right? Um, and how to like do magnificent twists and falls through the air and then like catch themselves by an ankle that's tied in a rope. How many lawsuits have uh, been filed against you? Well, like pending or... We'll go all time. <laughs> we'll go all time. Uh, well, none have, none have been officially filed. Okay. Right? I don't know. And they're not about injuries either. What are they about? Just stuff. I don't really nope. talk about it. I would like to talk about your lawsuits. <laughs> Legally, I can't talk about it. <laughs> Why so racing was... It's about business stuff. Racing... I'm, Whoa, what I'm the... I'm shrewd. <laughs> I'm a circus mogul. You don't get what you, where you are today without busting a few balls along the way. Is that because of all the rope burns and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Um, this do you, wait, so do you do this in Racine as well, or are no. you still only... Oh, I moved so there to get away Chicago. from it. Oh. Yeah, I moved there to because, like, it's it, like we own a building, I own a church, I have, like, 25 employees. It's kind of intense, and... It's down the street. It's just down the street. It's awesome. It's in, it's on Kimball and Wrightwood in a big old church. It's really fun, despite what I say. <laughs> 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 it's fantastic. Like when you're learning, it's like so exhilarating and super awesome and empowering and great. And I love teaching people. I just don't want to have rope burns anymore. Um, What's the, so do you have to have any sort of physicality to go do this? You need to have a body that <laughs> contains a brain. <laughs> Because so like yeah, I can't, I can't do a, I can't do like a pull up. Right, but like nobody can do a pull up before they start. Right, like hardly anybody. <laughs> like when you're a baby, you can't walk yet, and you learn how to walk by like falling down a lot. Right. Right. So it's just like that. It's just like anything. You. No, you, it's not. You don't. Yeah, no, it seriously, no, it's honestly not. is. You can go there on your first day and like be the most bumbling idiot in the world, and like we'll put you on a really low trapeze with lots of mats around it, and you'll go home and you'll be so sore you won't be able to like lift a beer to your mouth the next day so you'll use a straw and then you'll uh <laughs> and then you'll go pub. back next week and you'll be a little bit stronger right? how long are the classes they're 90 minutes usually we have an aerial conditioning that's two merciless hours long how like what do you stop making weeks, that motion or how many <laughs> this is radio no, How it looked like something else from this angle. I apologize. But is it is it is it weeks? Is it months? Uh, so they're eight week sessions. Okay. So you sign up for an eight week session. And so at the end of those eight weeks, I'll be twirling around or doing something. You'll be stronger than you are now. Oh wow. Yeah, you'll probably be able to like hike yourself up onto a trapeze bar and hang from your feet. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Woo. I think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, you should do it. It's really close <laughs> oh to you. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so what else do you do? In the circus. Okay, so you say a lot of circus. What is it? Because I'm thinking elephants and what clowns rolling around. What else do I do personally around. or what else does my company do? Just the, do? the circus itself. So a loft is, we don't have any animals or elephants, so not a lot of circuses do anymore. Um, we have a show called Sanctuary, and it's on the first Saturday of every month, and it's super, it's gorgeous and awesome and magical and beautiful. Um, and that's all I can tell you about it. So if you're interested in learning more, you can like us on Facebook and find out. So you um, bought the church. I bought the church. And inside, we put a circus. We spent like sixty, no, $80,000 installing all this insane rigging. Did anybody give you any flack for turning the house of God into a house of flippy Nobody flops? Nobody has yet. <laughs> the house of flippy flops. It's like the house of pancakes. <sighs> I'm but torn about the house of pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> so... We put all this rigging inside of it. We have trampoline classes, tight wire classes, aerial clown. I thought you guys rented. 
No. I don't know why I did. No, man, we don't rent anymore. They looked for a, a space with all the things yeah. they needed for for, for all this high did. wire. Like, well, so we were renting a space in the West Loop for eight or nine years, yeah. and it was awesome. It was a great space. It was huge, beautiful, big windows, everything. And uh, the rent was really cheap because it was a city-subsidized building for small businesses. I mean, mm -hmm. it wasn't really cheap, but it was, like, reasonable. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of got in before, like, every all the prices went up really crazy. So when they wouldn't renew our lease anymore, because I think they're going to sell the building, we started looking for places to rent, and it was just like, no, no. Like, yeah. we can't find anything with 30-foot ceilings, you know, close to a train line in a place where people can, like, get to conveniently or whatever. Um, I just think it's so impressive that you were able to convince a bank that... Uh, <laughs> I know! I still can't believe we did it! Yeah, how did that go? What did you have <laughs> to was, tell them? It was like, I was like, the, every step of the way, I was just like, wanted to be like, you guys realize we're a circus, right? <laughs> Is there anyone else? I live in Washington, D.C. I can't think of any place like that in D.C., um, Definitely not DC proper, maybe the suburbs, but like, how many are there of you people? Like, so how many? many. How many alofts so many. are there? There's not so many alofts, but like, circus and aerial arts is so huge in the United States right now. It's ginormous. Give me a number here, because when you say huge, I'm guessing uh, like 300 people. Is there a network? No, man. 3,000 people? No. Okay, maybe 3,000, but probably more than that. So there are. I feel like in almost every medium-sized town you go to now, you can find a circus school of questionable quality, generally. Who's at your level? Who owns a former church? Who owns a former church in Philadelphia? They okay, just recently bought go. a church. Um, they're called Philadelphia School of Circus No Arts. other plugs, just you, just a loft. Fuck that place. Yeah, whatever. Figure it out. Okay. Seriously, there's a place in Philly. There's a place in Vermont that actually just had a yeah, custom-built right. right. custom circus building built for them. That's right. That's badass. Oh, because it's Vermont. What do you think about Bernie? Bur Bernie Sanders? Yeah. Or burn? Okay, I thought you were going to ask me about Burning Man. Well, well clearly, what do you or think about like Burning Man? Burning. What do you think about burning things? <laughs> I'm assuming like most, if not half, of your students have gone to Burning Man or were inspired yeah, by Burning Man Yeah, a lot of man them have. I've never been there. I have no interest in going there. I don't yeah. like dust or people. Do your students know that? Because <laughs> yeah. if they realize they don't like the exact person they are, uh, they're not going to want to go to your circus anymore. No, I mean, if they want to go do that, it's fine, but I'm not going to go with. That's so gross. Well, you're from Racine, Wisconsin. You have a closed mind. There's Why no dust there. It's not dusty Why are in you in Racine? It's an hour and 20-minute drive. I just looked it up. I found a really dope house. Yeah, but like, there's it's nowhere between the two. There's nowhere between Logan Square in Chicago, Illinois, and Racine, Wisconsin. No, no. Okay, cool. Not where there's. House you were able to find a lake, church for a lake. circus. Yeah. But like, but oh, a house. I don't know if I could do that. For the for the house that you can buy in Chicago, like the house you can buy in Racine is like exponentially more. Fantastic. But I'm not driving an hour and a half back. Well, and forth, that's why you didn't fucking move to Racine. That's right. right that's right. And okay. So you. I'd rather fly to DC. <laughs> rather fly back every day than uh, live in racing Wisconsin. You don't even know. Have you ever been there? No, I'm good. Okay, there's so many awesome <laughs> places there. There's awesome restaurants. It's like a cute little town that's more accessible than Chicago. It's just, I'm like, I'm tired of driving over manhole covers and breaking my <laughs> transmission every day. Like, the yeah. streets here are so completely fucked up. It's like, it's like they've hold just on, hold given on. up on So you've decided to drive. Where did you live before racing? Logan Square. Logan Square. So you decided to rather than walk to work, because of the streets. Yeah, but I would never walk to work. 
Where, how'd you get to work? I would drive. It's so What's wrong stupid. with you? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with me is that every single day I have like 40,000 errands to run all over the city. Let's go through your list. Number no, one. No, come on. Take, take my kid to preschool. Do you like having a child? No, I hate it. It's cool. awful. Thank you for being honest <laughs> and open. No, I love it. It's, it's awesome. My kid is cool. But like, if I had a different kid, I might hate it. Well, you get to pick and choose, you know. Yeah, it's true. If you don't like him, you can just take him back. Yeah. Uh, would you let your child perform in the circus? I hope he will. That's great. I know. Does he have any signs that he is? Or he no, he he's not, to? Like, not super into it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this, but he's, he's going to be a successful banker. He's going to grow up with a really unrealistic expectation of like what type of strength moves women are capable of. <laughs> so you're saying the majority of women besides you are weak. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's a good message for your circus. <laughs> so where can no, we I'm find? You, like we were just talking about. Yeah. You, no. You have to join well, I'm, the I'm in order horrifically to get skills, weak. Right? So. <laughs> So he's going to grow up and like he's going to like date some girl or some boy and he'll be like can you climb that rope without using your legs and they'll be like where are you from? Oh like the circus. I really <laughs> hope that your son does ask that question on a first date. Can you climb that rope? And he doesn't mean it in like some fun, cool, sexual way, but just he's like got you know. Standards. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like he's testing people out to there like make go. sure they're like they're going to be all right. Well, if you listening at home would like to find out if you could climb a rope with your legs, you can go to a Without loft. your legs. Without, without well, your legs. You can just with arms. your legs is for beginners. Does without it got notches in it advanced. so that you can grab? No. I was thinking oh. just your legs but you upside gotta down. Learn it. Yeah. No, I haven't figured out how to do that yet. I don't, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But so there are some people who can climb a rope, um, and I can teach this, but I can't do it, um, who can climb a rope without... So you wrap it around your waist, okay, and you kind of like lay sideways into the rope, and then you just use like magic and sheer will to roll up to roll up gravity. Yeah, it's amazing. It's the coolest thing wow. I've ever it's seen. A strong core, right? It's That's certainly what you need. a strong core. I'm gonna go with not a strong core. I think no, it's for just fat, magic. fat, out of shape <laughs> dudes. They just tell, hey, rope, pull me up. Um, what do you think of the band Tool? <laughs> Here's why. I don't think there's a, I don't think that there's a correct answer. So I'm just gonna say I don't like them. Here's why. They're, they're the they're the only band that I've ever that I could think of that tours with aerialists. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Also, I wouldn't do it because I'd you have to listen to Tool. <laughs> That's actually a great selling point for your take circus. That job. So if you don't want to listen to the album Enema, you can go learn how to learn how to flippy flop at like a, an awful job. at a loft. Yeah. Uh, when there's a dramatic guitar break, you do not twirl down <laughs> the ribbon ropes. Uh, a loft loft is on diversity. No. Rightwood, 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 Rightwood and Kimball. Yeah. And people could find out more about it where. Um, aloftloft.com or aloftcircusarts.com. And if you guys are ever in Racine, Wisconsin, you can buy Shayna a beer at yeah. one of their three bars. Uh, it'll be great. <laughs> and there's so many bars there. They're non-college bars. There's three. They're all like dive, divey, dive, dive bars. Like mm. like the kind of dive bar that doesn't exist in Chicago anymore because it's been overrun by hipsters. This Thanks is for the coming to the Whistler. I appreciate You're a wonderful guest. Uh, what Thanks, you do is very wonderful. Host. Thank you for lying. Uh, you're I like your tie. Do you want it? Do you want to give it to your son as a memento? No. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> what would be more disappointing if your son never did anything in any circus scene or he started wearing ties tomorrow? 
Oh my God, I would love he's it if he started wearing ties tomorrow. He's three or four? He's three. three. If he started wearing ties, I'd be thrilled. Could it be cute? It'd be so adorbs. That would be adorbs. Well, we found common ground, and that's important to do yeah. in life. <laughs> uh, good luck. I hope your insurance is paid, and uh, the circus continues, and everyone is happy and healthy and uh, learns how to be uh, more flexible. I'm trying yeah. to think of like a good way to in end general, this. In general, and yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being a part of this. Uh, go to well off. My name is Brandon. Her name is Esmeralda. If that makes it easier. Ladies yes. and gentlemen, <laughs> please put your hands together for Shayna Swanson, everybody. Shayna, thank you. I also want to point out, I like your haircut a lot, but uh, I didn't want to objectify you as a human being. Now I will do it when you're away from the microphone. <laughs> uh, I think it's... It's the Cameron Esposito. It is the Cameron Esposito. She used to host, right? And they gave you a Tony Esposito, who is a former Chicago Blackhawk. Coming to the stage. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for knowing. He, he never really had a mullet, but for, for this, he did. Okay. Um, coming to the stage is uh, kind of the opposite of Sheena. She just moved out of Chicago. He moved to Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for David Carter, everybody. David, please come to the stage. We're going to talk into microphones. Esmeralda's going to have that one. You're going to sit down here. Fantastic. Uh, David, for the people listening at home, please describe your outfit. Oh, my outfit. You can guess by my voice. My have a fantastic... You kind of could, actually. You really could. <laughs> That's a good point. Just close your eyes and you're right. You're like the That's guy that... That's what we need today. Just yeah. close your eyes and know you're right. You look like the guy that funded the hate crime. Oh, God, I wish. Am I right? Anything to help me right now. <laughs> um, uh, I have a floral printed shirt. It's uh, white with blue flowers. Then I have a cardigan on top of that. With which a? Is with a little flower I put in myself. That's right. Didn't come with the cardigan. That's great. I decided it needed an extra flourish. And then the pants themselves have a Florida Lees or dots on them. My eyesight is terrible. And your shoes? Fantastic brown boots uh, with zippers on the side. Haven't touched the laces since I bought them. And uh, you're a white man with blonde hair and blue eyes. You Again? are Hitler's dream right now. Ah. Uh. If only. What? Shouldn't have called that one back. So uh, I've known you since Washington, D.C., so five years Correct. ago, six years ago? Oh, God. Probably, yeah, six years, six years I'd ago. say. Um, we've spent a lot of time together on multiple stages. We dr You drove? Did you drive to New York? Uh, I think we took turns. I think it was primarily. Yeah, it was definitely. Is your car, though? No, it was not. Well, whose car was that? I think it was Andrew's. Maybe. Yeah, he was he was too drunk to drive. Correct. I remember this. Correct. Okay, so this is what happened. Andrew Bucket wanted to drink in a car the entire ride to and from New York, and he did successfully. Accomplished it. So you and I sat in the front seat, and uh, that's why I wanted to talk to you tonight. Uh, you used to live in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. You're a stand-up comic. That's right. You paid how much in rent in Washington, D.C.? <sighs> um, on my cheapest one with two other roommates, I did... 775 plus utilities. Okay, which is not cheap, but not crazy expensive. Right. And what was your most expensive in Washington, D.C.? Um, 825. That's not that bad. Okay. How I, I stayed technically Arlington outside of D.C. So you don't even live in Washington, D.C. proper. I could never afford it. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, do you think you could have lived for that much money in, say, Queens or Brooklyn? Probably could. I think you could do it with Astoria now and still own a very small dog. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you could afford that in New York, why the fuck are you in Chicago, Illinois for stand-up comedy? Correct. Yes. I uh, don't want to live in New York. Why That's not? That's number one. Why? Um, because I want to keep it as a place to visit. Okay. How, how often do you visit? I, w I visit once every 
four or five months, and okay. I, I, I do lot. it four shows. I try to at least pay for the bus or plane ticket that cu- takes me out That's there. That's smart. Okay. Yeah. So you're in Chicago because you hate New York? <laughs> Partly. It's also because I, I don't have one primary focus when it comes to comedy or performing. Okay. I got theater background. I like singing. I like dancing. Not right now. Terrible knee. Like writing jokes, and if you go to New York, you gotta have. I feel like you have to have one focus, one direction, and then you have an opening or a team or like support. You can do more than one thing, but I don't think I could breathe and do two things in New York and make it. So in Chicago, you can flourish by doing everything because everyone is. We're okay. all working together. So you're okay. happy. You're, we're all working together. Makes me think that you're enjoying your time in Chicago. I love this place. Okay. What? But like, had you been here before you moved here? Or no, I okay. just knew it. I knew it. That's I not, knew that it wasn't a joke. Heart. Did you seriously never visit before you moved here? I mm, once for four days. So but I already knew I wanted to live here. It was just like, let's go. Drink there, and I'll find a neighborhood I like drinking in, and then I'll live there when and I come is, is back. Is that and how that you it. did it? Yeah. Okay, what was the first neighborhood you lived in? Oh, I lived in Ravenswood. That's a good one. It's not bad. It's not. I come you look like a dad that lives in Ravenswood. I do. <laughs> Actually, that's a I lie. I do. That's a lie. That's, stop, stop. You mm. look like, you, you. if you gained 40 pounds, you would look like a you guy that lives in Ravenswood. I'm going to say no to that, and I say I look like Mr. Ravenswood. I think that's probably more accurate. Because when I move, I swear to God, it's because I'm part suburban, because I grew up in the little suburbs of Virginia. When you move to Ravenswood, they give you like a stroller or a leash and say fill one. So... I was, it was delightful, it was perfect, there was patches of grass that were real, it was a nice little uh, transition in where, Chicago. Where are you living now? Uh, Edgewater, edge of Andersonville, not Andersonville, because I, I, I can't do that yet. Because you can't afford it? or Cor- you- uh, Correct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so why Edgewater? Oh, uh, I had a friend who lived there, and it was cheaper than my previous place, and bigger than my previous place, and he had a cat. And I wanted a pet, but can't afford it. So it's technically you his can afford a cat. Don't lie. Can, Don't lie. Well, I can afford a cat for a year and then another cat when it dies. How much money do you make? How poor are you if you can't afford? <laughs> a, you know you're white I'm and you're a man. I'm so why, what's your fucking problem? And I fund hate crimes according to this <laughs> yeah. opener. So stop funding Infowars. Number one. Number two. <laughs> Got to get uh, my YouTube money somehow. How are you making rent right now? Uh, I it's part time jobs serving whenever I want, but I've I've made a little lifestyle where uh, I work my ass off for about four months with putting comedy on the side, and I put it away so every year I don't need a job for about three months. Really? And I can do nothing. Have but you done comedy. this? You've done this before. Yes. What? What? Yeah. I've never heard of this. You know, you, people that are usually no, no one does this. I can't even think of anyone that would do this. Like, why are you doing this? Well, it's because I don't. I, I like having one primary focus. People on work visas do this. Yeah. You're from this country? Yes. I'm not. That wasn't no, I'm sarc- from Russia. That's why I'm fun okay. hate crimes. <laughs> I want to divide everybody. You know, like, why are you? This podcast is going to end violent. You're uh, um, clearly. <laughs> so <laughs> you're working four months of the year. Oh no, no, I don't work three. Three, three months of the year, and then I'll bust my ass for four, and then there's like a 50-50 thing based upon projects I planned with friends or people ahead of time, and I kind of just piecewise my year together, and right now I'm in a, my open period. So how do you fill your day? 
I write and submit packets and hopefully uh, end up writing for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me by the end of it. Is that So that's currently what's your, what you're shooting for? That one, I would love to have a comedy writing gig in Chicago uh, that helps support my nightly performances. How and many are I, there? That's not sarcasm. Is there like three? Like how, how many writing gigs in Chicago are there for uh, comedy? For comedy. So well, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. You don't tell me. Um, Cards Against Humanity, it's part-time. I don't think you're doing full-time ones. Uh, then Onion, Onion Labs. Okay. Uh, but that's, uh, you got to have a fun, a fun, like, shoehorn ladder okay. up in there. Okay. And then the good thing about Chicago that I don't think exists in New York unless you come with, like, an army of people is that you can make your own opportunities and uh, make money with and for your friends that way, uh, which is what I also do. I produce a uh, show each month at the Laugh Factory called Divide and Conquer. And you're able to pay some bills with that show. Correct. That's good. Yeah, and then I sell plasma. It doesn't work. And it, and I sell a lot of plasma. I wear sleeves all the time. So all the time. Here, all the time. You're much more of a club comic than I am. Uh, number one, I'm not a comic. Number two, <laughs> number two, I don't like comedy clubs. Mm -hmm. Do you like comedy clubs? I do. Why? I do it because it, it's it, there is a spectacle about it. There is a performance there. There is a fourth wall that you can choose to break. And I found an ethereal love for comedy and then theater because I know there's some of uh, stand-ups in the crowd. No one tells you to start stand-up. So when I was rejected out of a friend's sketch comedy group in college, true story. Uh, Everyone I, believed you. You right. didn't need to say that. I know. That. <laughs> I know. Well, you back, it's, it was backloaded with a lot of, like, you can do everything. No, I was rejected by other white people. It happens to us, too. <laughs> so... Uh, it's called the, the <laughs> current so, administration. Yeah, so true. Go ahead, go ahead. So That's too I, easy. I, That's so too I easy. went. I know. So it, I just went into stand up and found out I had a knack for it and I love it. And you can do it anytime you want. And so I, the only few places in Virginia Beach to perform at that time were clubs. And I always watched like Comic View, Comedy Central, uh, BET. Anytime you could see stand up, I'd watch it. Mm -hmm. And then when I was finally old enough to get into a club, it was this unobtainable, finally obtainable thing. And I just fell in love with the theater of comedy because I'm always a bit of a character on stage too. You can write whatever you want. And it just kept going. That's I didn't, good. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, We're yeah. different people. Um, I like that. You've done Fringe in D.C. Yes. Art, which is a theater festival. Are you acting in Chicago? Yes, I am. Okay. So do you have any theater coming up? Anything recently? Uh, recently, over the last few months, over the winter seasons in 2017, I worked with a friend uh, named Aaron Diamond, okay. who I met at, I'm going to plug a show that's not mine, but I'm a friend. I'm a member of the <laughs> Paper Machete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Paper Machete, yeah. I love the show. Um, uh, every Saturday and soon to be every Wednesday, there is a two-hour topical show w featuring uh, poets, singers, comedians, sketch artists. At the Green uh, Mill? At the Green Mill. Yeah. And uh, I met her there, and uh, she was writing a winter comedy variety show, kind of like the old-timey um, Dean Martin knock on the door. Oh, my God, who is it? It's Reagan. Merry Christmas. One of those. But for the entire uh, <laughs> Trump administration. and um, I don't think that guy gets skewered enough. I think that you're Ra providing a Reagan? real whole... No. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you're enjoying your time. That makes me very, yes. very glad. Oh, so the part of that was I played Eric Trump for her. Yeah. And now I'm a reoccurring character at the Machete as Eric Trump. Like, I don't want to make fun of Eric Trump, not because I like I don't think he deserves to, but whatever. It's just like, 
This is going to sound like I'm hitting on you. You're too attractive to play Eric Trump. Oh, for, for the listening crowd, I ugly it up. It's okay. Do you put in fake teeth? No, I just show the bottom row of teeth. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, but I also put blood on my face and wear like a fatigue onesie because he's a big game hunter and I never let that go. I'll put a suit on top of that and with extra blood on and then talk about things and then never address it. People are like, why the fuck is he covered in blood and wearing a onesie? And they have to whisper amongst themselves for the first two minutes. For the people listening at home, uh, the Green Mill is in Uptown. So if you're in Uptown and you just walk out of a place covered in blood, everyone is okay with it. That's just how yeah, Uptown and then, is. And then I just get on the red line and I get all the seats. Uh, yeah. For a while, I had to carry around a hunting bow. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like out in the open. <laughs> like on your like, back? Uh, as a, well, under my arm, there's no little thing to throw out of the shoulder because it was part of the character, and I had to go home with it. So no matter how much I tried to wrap like a hunting bow up in a hunter's onesie, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not hiding this. They can see it. And half my face, I can't get the blood off until... You know how you say you can't get the blood off until a lot of times <laughs> in public, especially on tape? You know how we've all had blood on our faces and complained about it? Coke, Coke is prevalent here. I, I, I had, it looked like I, <laughs> I just came from the crime scene, but I was taking public transportation to get away because I still support the city. But you're only traveling like three stops if you're going yeah. from Andersonville to Edge. Sorry, Uptown to Edgewater. I'm glad that we got the transit questions in. Uh, it's mm -hmm. important to know how many stops you're taking. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're able to live in Chicago and do this uh, on-again, off-again work thing. I've never heard of that. I think it's a horrible idea, but it's you. your life, man. Um, it's, it's, it provides a lot of stress-relieving open time where I can just write. I would be stressed out the entire time. I, you save. And you just, <laughs> and you just uh, eat. I, I mean, if you're able yeah. to do it, good on you. That's yeah, amazing, because yeah. I am not. I, uh, I, I have a full schedule. Did you have something to say? You looked like you were going to be like, no. hi, how are cool. you? No. <laughs> uh, do you have anything you want to plug, David? David Carter. Oh, um, White, straight man, laugh factory, David Carter. Well, the concept of supremacy, if we could just keep plugging <laughs> that away, because uh, we're losing it, and that's good. Um, uh, Divide and Conquer is uh, the show I run with my friend Tucker Merlet and Azar Usman at the Laugh Factory on Belmont and Broadway, the second Thursday of every month at 8 o'clock. The whole theme about the show is you have to do material about race, religion, and politics, anything topical, anything that could possibly split a crowd in half, we want to inspire comics to do. Um, You're able to split a crowd in Chicago in half? Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. Race, religion, and politics. It's very, it's very uh, easy to do. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Uh, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the very attractive, uh, not Eric Trump, David Carter, everybody. Good Thank job, you, buddy. Thank you, brother. Coming to the stage is a, is a wonderful performer. Uh, I'm going to use this mic. She's, she's been on the show multiple times, and uh, she's hosted the show with me. She's been a guest on panel. But I originally met her as doing stand-up, and she hasn't done stand-up on the show in a long time, so I'm incredibly grateful that she's here to do some stand-up. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for stand-up comedian, Stephanie Haas, everybody. Stephanie! Hey, everybody. Uh, yes, so I haven't done stand-up in a while. Um, I haven't... Uh... Oh, my God, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so I've been, uh, I've been trying to date... Since the uh, last time I did stand-up on this show, I've been working really hard at it. Uh, it hasn't been working out so well. Um, I've just, like, I, I can't meet anyone who, who, like, meets my standards, you know, and I really don't think that they're that high. I'm just looking for a man whose wallet is as thick as his dick. Um, 
because he keeps all his receipts because he's fiscally responsible. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephanie Haas, everybody. Stephanie Haas. Great, uh, great material. Thank you. Oh my God, thank you so much. Uh, you're a. That's <laughs> one, one of the things I like most about you is the content and material <laughs> that you provoke. Uh, Brandon asked me uh, 30 minutes before the show if I would write a new joke, and I told him I wrote something that is so stupid I don't think it's actually a joke. I didn't think I was going to have to tell it. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works on the show. Um, so what's really cool about Stephanie Haas is that she's going to actually get to perform with um, Chicago Cubs, former Chicago Cubs catcher David Ross. This is not a joke. She's going to be performing with David Ross. I think that's an amazing thing. Yeah, absolutely. Where is the show? Uh, Dancing with the Stars every... <laughs> No, no, no. That's that's no. <laughs> no. In real life, you are performing with David Ross. No, I'm performing with Dave Ross. David Ross. <laughs> David Ross. You're performing with David Ross. I'm performing with my friend Dave Ross. David Ross. Where's the Where's the show with David Ross? Uh, former at the Chicago hideout, April eighth. So, if you want to see former Chicago Cubs catcher, yeah, he's headlining World a show Series at the champion. Hideout. If you want to see World Series champion catcher David Ross, yeah, at the hideout <laughs> on April. Now, have you ever performed with David Ross before? No. Okay. Uh, how I'm do you know How do you know Dave Ross? Just comedy festivals. We haven't performed together, but like. Okay, so when is the last time you and uh, David Ross hung out at a comedy festival? Are we really doing this? Yes, bit? we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> I thought we were going to do a different bit. We're doing this bit now. <laughs> you know, the cool thing about David Ross is he gets to call the pitches. So, like, you know, you think, like, I'm going to throw a bunch of fastballs. He's like, no, 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 curveballs and sliders. I know this guy's waiting for the heat. Let's go a little out of the, side the box. You know what I mean? I'm just Do you think that's how David Ross's comedy is as well? Into like, those blue eyes. <laughs> Do you, would you ever date a man with David Ross's hairline? One hundred percent. I am incredibly attracted to David Ross. Are you kidding me? No, not at all. What what uh, what draws you to him? Is it his ability to get on his knees and uh, call pitches? <laughs> <laughs> is it a, his ability that to dance hurt. with the stars? <laughs> yeah, dancing ability. I'm primarily attracted <laughs> to his dancing ability. After that, it's the knee stuff. Um, <laughs> I've known you a long time. I already knew that you were into knee stuff, so that was sort of a loaded <laughs> question. I'd like to apologize for the listener at home. Uh, everyone knows Stephanie Haas's preferred man are uh, not Hall of Fame caliber catchers, but he might actually get there as like a fan favorite vote, like Tinker's Tavers to Chance. If you do the stats on that, that Cubs lineup was good, but like they're not Hall of Fame worthy, but some motherfucker wrote a poem, and that's why Tinker's Evers and Chance are in the World Series. I like that people listen to this show for two reasons. Number one, my love of Kanye West. Number two, my love of 19-teens baseball. <laughs> You know who uh, Tinkers to Evers to Chance are? I don't. Wonderful. Let's not revisit who they are. Uh, David Ross is. Uh, he played in the in the leagues for so uh -huh. long. We're still talking about David yeah, Ross. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you think you're going to be performing stand-up as long as David Ross performed the role of catcher? Um, for two years. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean that. No, that was. Uh, you said uh, as long as he performed the role of catcher. Yeah, uh, you know how not just catcher for the Chicago Cubs. No, no, okay. No, no, no. Um, also, I will now refer to every single player of all time as performing the role of. <laughs> Did you know that Michael Jordan performed the role of uh, shooting guard for the Chicago Bulls? <laughs> Wait, is shooting guard a real basketball position? Shooting guard, point guard. Wow. I didn't know any names other than point guard. Well, point guard is the person that like runs the court. Sort of like how David Ross ran the field when he was the catcher for the Chicago Cubs. I don't know what different basketball players do. Do you, okay, do you want to go through the list? No. So David Robinson, he performed the role of center. He was the tall man. So when there was like a tip-off, he would be like, I will tip the ball now. Now, Bill Lambeer performed the role of power forward, <laughs> which is sort of like a power bottom, but forward. How <laughs> now, how do you get cast in that role? Well, number one, you got to have a lot of eye protection. That's why he wore a mask. Ah. <laughs> have you ever worn a mask when you performed <laughs> 
That's a great question. I, thank um, you so much. I, I did uh, my senior year of college. Um, I was not cast in a Midsummer Night's Dream, but two weeks after auditions, uh, was asked to play the invented non-speaking part of a fairy attendant to uh, the king. And I, I had to sell some Primus tickets to play that role. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know that you're trying to say that you uh -huh. had Primus tickets. Oh, wait, oh, wait, no, no, they weren't Primus tickets. They were Mitch Hedberg tickets. That's even Yeah, that's that is sad. worse. But it pro let's stick with Primus because it's funnier. Okay, yeah, yeah, It yeah. makes me yeah, think that they're right. like, we're only going to give you this role if you could sell these Primus tickets on the <laughs> black market. Yeah. Uh, but Did there you was, ever see there Mitch Hedberg? There was face work in that. No, I didn't. He died shortly thereafter. Yeah. And I didn't go see him because <laughs> I needed to play a non-speaking fairy role where my face was covered in glow-in-the-dark paint. I think you should bring that back for this David Ross gig. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, all, it, all the dots are connected. <laughs> Masks, power bottoms. Uh, <laughs> power forwards. <laughs> knee stuff. Yeah, you like knee stuff, right? So I couldn't think, I didn't name the fourth position or the fifth position in basketball because I can't think of what the other forward is called. Because <laughs> there's power forward and then just what? Short forward? I was going to say you're small forward. The wrong Fucking here. small forward. That's it. Jesus Christ. Do they actually do different things? Kind of, sort of, not really. Huh. I mean, like the center literally starts in the center of the court. I played 30 seconds on my seventh grade basketball team. Why weren't you better? Because they didn't teach me the rules. <laughs> I don't think the rules really matter. I was 11. They didn't tell me there were different roles. The ball goes in the hoop. The end. They what didn't even ask me to audition for a specific role. I get that now. That's why you're a performer. Yeah. Um, so, wait. Does that mean you were the rebel of the team because you didn't know any of the rules? Oh, I certainly didn't play by them. I get it. It would have been cool if you showed up with other sports equipment. <laughs> I brought these props from the other games. Like a bat, a hockey stick, some football cleats. A, a, mask. Of soccer, uh -huh. a mask, some soccer cleats, some shin guards. <laughs> what are other sports equipment? Trying to, uh, rugby ball. <laughs> knee pads. Knee pads, knee pads. <laughs> Inline skates, ice skates. What other sports are there? I think I need them all. Cricket bats, golf clubs. Cleats. Tennis rackets. We already got both sets oh, of sure, We already sure, got sure, cleats. Sure. Soccer cleats. So we already got track cleats. <sighs> Skis. Skis. Poles, yeah. which also go along. Snowboards, clearly. <laughs> Fucking idiots over here. I mean, technically sequins if you're doing figure skating. What do you call the lacrosse thingies? Lacrosse thingies. <laughs> A shuttlecock. Shuttlecocks. Shuttlecock. I think we've named tennis balls, golf balls. Croquet mallet. Thank you for that. Uh, that's named all the sports. I think yeah, we could end the show now. Yeah. Um, people could see you and Hall of Fame catcher David Ross hit it off. Uh-huh. And I just said it hit it off because he was a he played the role of baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave Ross is gonna love this. You should send it to him. Don't send this to Hall of Fame, future not Hall of Famer Dave Ross. Send this to Comic Dave Ross. Right, because I won't see Comic Dave Ross. No, you need to send I this to him. I can tell them. Hall of Fame catcher. Dave <laughs> not Hall of Fame catcher. Future Hall of Fame catcher. He will one day go to the Hall of Fame I as can, a human being. Right. I but he probably will not be inducted into yeah, said Hall of Fame. I can tell future Hall of Fame fan favorite That's right. David Ross this in person at our show on April 8th. That's right. At the hideout. At the hideout. But I'll have to send this to comedian Dave Ross. Correct. Since he won't be there. That is correct. Now, people don't know that the hideout is a baseball-themed bar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, it's cool because they both are a Sox. They're Sox and Cubs bar. We already knew that. 
Not a lot of people know they're also a Brewers bar. So oh, yeah. if there's a Brewers game going on and the Sox and Cubs aren't playing, they'll happily put on your favorite team, the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, Bob Uecker's middling. That's right. Uh, Bob Uecker is part owner. Bob Uecker and Tim Tutin are the owners <laughs> of the hideout. Oh, my God, that would be such a dream. No, it is the reality. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, have you ever been in a show where Bob Uecker comes out and like, gives a speech beforehand? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is you he going to do that at your show? My Probably. favorite part is before, uh, occasionally before a Milwaukee's Brewers game, Thax Douglas will come out and read a poem. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most Chicago show. <laughs> so I went by the Old Navy today, and uh, it's not there. The old lady in the loop is not there. What? The, the old navy in the loop, it's the gone. State Street? It's gone. Oh. So now where's that crazy where's the angry Jesus bigot? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's moved. That, where? I'm not sure where, but he has yeah. Oh. We gotta find that bigot. You know the old navy is across the street now. Yeah, but it's not the same no, one. I want, I want my bigotry on <laughs> the want, east side <laughs> of the street. <laughs> I wanna look at the bean and see the bigot. <laughs> Show me some of that cloud gate hate. <laughs> you know, Chicago. The sun rises in the east along with my hatred. I want it to be ever-growing, not setting. <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, all right, so Bob Uecker, uh-huh. Thax Douglas, <laughs> not Hall of Fame catcher David Ross, and me. Stephanie Haas, April 8th at yeah, the hideout. Yeah, dream lineup. The Chicago Cubs slash White Sox slash Milwaukee Brewers themed bar. Bar and grill. They have a grill. Uh, <laughs> Tamala guy will be there. <laughs> the guy that was in the loop commercials that wore Air Jordans and Boone walked backwards will be there. <laughs> Clearly, jo- all the last Joey five loop girls. He's <laughs> Joey Bag of Donuts will be there. Joey, I, that was going to be the surprise. I'm sorry to spoil it. Joey Bag of Donuts is opening the show. Um, <laughs> sorry if that was ruined. Um, Steve Dahl will be blowing up records <laughs> between acts. But he's going to update it, so he's going to blow up compact discs. So that'll be fun. Were you able to get Ronnie Woo Woo <laughs> to show up? I know that was, uh, you were trying, but. Yeah, I think he'll be, I think he'll be manning the grill. Oh, yeah. well, that'll be a treat. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can put this show on the board, yes. Thanks for doing it, Stephanie Haas. Uh, people could uh, see you once again on <laughs> April 8th. Uh, it's not as good as 311, but if you think about it, it's 11. Uh, it's it's think of 420 and then subtract uh, 11 and then another one and then it's that it's that date. Yeah. So still think of 311. Still think of 420. Yeah, it's somewhere there. in the middle. Yeah. Uh, you could you could see Stephanie there. Um, the show will start at what time? Uh, I think it's at seven. Mm. I don't know anymore. I wish There's you been had so much your, math tonight. I wish you had your facts straight about this show. It's really disappointing. I was trying to plug it um, in, a, in a respectful way. Uh, I never want to speak ill of a, a World Series champion. And th- what you just did is just, I'm just shaking my head in shame. <sighs> Thanks for spending the highest of holy days with me. Oh, thank you for inviting me into your uh, worship ceremony. That's right. <laughs> uh, Esmeralda. Thank you. 
Uh, people could hear you on future Sinclair Broadcasting System WGN <laughs> Radio. Yeah. Uh, she occasionally gives the traffic between hits from Jonathan Brandmeier and Steve Dahl, who will. Uh, this is this is actually true. Uh, they're going to be hired by WGN for their new classic rock bigotry segments. Um, Terrorism Watch is what I we, what the the layman call it, but we know what it's really about. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, Esmeralda, you can hear her there every every night, actually every night. This is actually being Between. simulcast right now. <laughs> That's right. On the and then, uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, well, we're on the radio right now. They're just playing Comfortably Numb under it the entire time, so you never forget what the loop stood for. I'm going to go get uh, a Vienna beef hot dog now. <laughs> and then uh, go to the suburbs to eat Portillo's and say, I had a real Chicago meal. <laughs> uh, thanks to the Whistler for letting me talk into microphones. Uh, thanks to uh, you wonderful people in the room for uh, being big Smashy Pumpkins fans. Um, I just know that you could uh, listen to me uh, speak in a language that only you can hear. And uh, you understand that uh, God is empty, just like me. And uh, you understand that I am a God. Um, and, uh, it's important to understand each other. And... Uh, Trying to stretch this out without laughing, but it's very difficult right now because I got a, I got a real silly Billy at the end of this. Uh, we talked about flippy flops tonight. We talked about uh, white men not having enough money to own a cat. Uh, maybe if you worked all year, you'd be able to afford one. How about that? <laughs> did you ever did you ever think of that? It's not hard. It's uh, real easy. In fact, um, I'm trying not to uh, uh, say anything too loud because there are people here that don't know what is going on, and I want them to enjoy their time at the Whistler. It's a wonderful establishment in the Logan Square neighborhood, home of a loft circus. Um, it's not that far from the hideout bar and grill. Everyone's favorite Chicago Cubs slash White Sox slash Milwaukee Brewers bar and grill, which is, please someone edit this Wikipedia page, <laughs> owned by Bob Euchre and Tim Tootin. And uh, it's a pretty great spot. <laughs> go Brew Crew. Good guys wear black. Uh, go Cubs go. Fun Oscar fact. I know the Oscars were last week. <laughs> Lori Metcalf was a spokesperson for the Chicago White Sox when they went from old Comiskey Park to new Comiskey Park, which is now guaranteed rate field. And uh, she wore a fancy black gown, and it said, good guys wear black. And she wore a black dress. And she was in the not award-winning film Lady Bird, which was not shot in Chicago, Illinois, so it's horrible. It's a horrible film. <laughs> it's a horrible film that Ronnie Woo Woo, and definitely the guy that stands in front of uh, Old Navy, Old Old Navy, we all know it's called Old Old Navy at this point, uh, he would not approve of Lady Bird. Uh, Lady Bird had homosexual themes, and uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but the bigot that was outside of the old, old Navy would not be a fan of homosexual themes. Now, I am a big fan of homosexual themes, and as soon as the show is done, I will go watch this most recent episode of Drag Race All-Stars Season 3. I want everyone to just sit and think about the people that mean the most to them in your life, and I will think about drag queens and everything will be wonderful. And the fact that no one has even tried to stop me <laughs> makes me drunk with power. 
and I've had roughly 16 ounces of beer. Are you, are you thinking about who's important to you? I'm thinking of Bianca Del Rio. She's a comedy queen. Now I'm thinking of Cher Needles. She was a spooky queen. Oh, I forgot to mention, Al Jurgensen will also be at the hideout with Stephanie Haas on April 8th. So April 8th, David Ross. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Douglas. Al <laughs> Jurgensen from Ministry. Steve Dahl blowing up compact discs between sets. <laughs> Tim Tootin slash Bob Euchre. Someone's going to give a speech. We don't know who. And they'll probably be playing a Brewers game because I think both the Cubs and Sox have the night off. So I think that's the full lineup. I know it was going to be a surprise that Al Jurgensen from Ministry was going to have the 30th reunion. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Bring some earplugs, right? Because every day is Halloween. <laughs> thieves, liars, thieves, liars. Is this a poetry slam? <laughs> is that what poetry is? Did I do poetry, Esmeralda? You might have. Thank you. They're going to play that at the show that night. <laughs> Just special recording. Over and over again. It's going to just be the music that plays before the show starts. <laughs> Can't hold. You know that free show that you could leave at any time? I'm definitely, definitely holding you hostage here, Bill Bullock, who definitely was the only one cheering when I said cool things about Billy Corgan. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but Chicago comedian Bill Bullock, huge fan of InfoWars. So that's right, you clap. That's right, you fucking clap. That's on record. <laughs> oh, I do have it on my phone. Thanks for coming, everybody, and have a wonderful night.